somebody, right? To matter, to make a difference in the world. If that's you, then buckle up. You are about to intersect with the change makers, the trailblazers, the unsung heroes that are making a difference day in and day out. You are about to step into something extraordinary, something that will reverberate far beyond this place. This is your chance to make a difference, to matter, to be somebody. Are you ready? A wave of extraordinary generosity is about to be unleashed down our streets and around the globe. Want to be a part of it? Good, because it takes a lot of people to change the world. And we're just crazy enough to think we can, but not without you. And you, and you too. Actually, over 100,000 of us united under one rallying cry to give, to serve, and to love. So, welcome to the team. Welcome to the movement. Welcome to Be Rich. Well, good morning, Rivertown Community Church. Hey, so good to have all of you at all of our churches today because today is like one of our favorite times of the year, and here's why. We are a church that believes strongly that our faith really should be seen by our deeds. We've talked about that from time to time, and here's the thing we know. We don't always get it right. We haven't arrived in this, but here's the thing. We are making progress as a church, and one of the ways that we just keep reminding ourselves of how important this whole practice of generosity is is to making a difference and an impact in our community is something that we do every year at the end of the year. In fact, around the end of every year, what we do is we select three Sundays that we call our Be Rich campaign. What we do is we partner with other churches throughout the United States to really make a huge impact um, in our world. That's our whole idea. In fact, basically the Be Rich campaign is this. It's all about where we give, we serve, and we love. And so our Be Rich campaign is a way that we can unleash this no-strings-attached kind of generosity and show all of our communities that we are for them, and by doing that, help them understand that God is for them and also authenticate our faith by our deeds. Which is why today we're going to talk about the practice of radical generosity. But before we tell you about why, we want to talk about why we give. Or before we talk about radical generosity, we want to talk about why we give. And we hope that for all of you at all of our churches, this is going to be eye-opening for some of you. Because some of you have kind of wondered, like, why do we push being so radically generous with our time, with our talents, and with our resources? And what we hope today will do, this conversation will connect the dots for some of you between what you give and the details deeper purpose behind why we give. Because see, here's what we understand about giving. Giving is not something that is absolutely exclusive to Christians. See, as Christ followers, we don't think that we are the only people who are generous. In fact, if you're with us at one of our churches today, um, you, you understand this because you give from time to time to different causes of, and organizations and everybody kind of gives. I mean, but the reality is the thing that makes what we as Christ followers do, why we give, when you really boil down to what we're going to look at today, you understand that there is a different reason that we give than everybody else who is just generous. In fact, when I finally figured this out on my own, it really changed the way that I gave and it changed the way that I viewed giving opportunities that came about in my life. So let me just kind of start with my story. 
See, I, I grew up in a home from where the time that I was just this little kid in Sunday school, I was taught to tithe. In fact, I, I remember even being a little child, three, four years of age, and being given this little globe piggy bank. It wasn't a piggy bank. It was a globe bank kind of deal. And the idea was is every time we got money, we would drop some coins in it. And at the end of the year, same season, the harvest season, we would bring what is known as a harvest offering. That's crazy. I'm sorry. Got emotional on that one because that was just so cool time to be able to walk forward as a little kid and go, okay, we're going to make a difference in the world. And so I was taught from early on that we could make a difference in the world by being generous with our time, with our talents and our treasures. And I remember being challenged by that as a child. And I remember um, many times... I remember many times before that little harvest offering thing that we would do every year in October and November, um, I would lay in bed at night. And I would think about and I would pray about whose life my little bit of giving might help to change. And oftentimes I would think about some kid um, in another part of the world and another part of our neighborhood and so that really started shaping my life. And um, so I was just taught from little on that we should be very generous. And, and the church I grew up in, it taught us that we should tithe. Now, if you're just kind of new to church, um, the word tithe, it just means 10%. And so from a little kid, I was taught that we should be generous. And then when I got my first job around 10 or 11, I was taught that I should tithe. That means like every time I made $10, I should give a dollar. And for every $100 I make, I I should give like $10 or every $1,000 I made, I should give $100. And so that money I was taught, it came straight off the top and I didn't factor in taxes withheld or, or money held out. It was just how I was taught to like take my gross pay and then give 10% or more of that away. So I've given like at least 10% to the local church from the time that I had my very first job. In fact, when I was a kid, I probably gave more than that because I was so excited about putting those coins in that little money bank, that little word bank. In fact, I've done that. When I've had plenty, and, and I've done that, Melody and I, we've done this, um, when we made so little um, that we didn't even know if we could eat, if we gave the money, but we did. So the whole thing of being a generous giver and dreaming about the difference that could make in this world, I mean, it was just birthed in me from the time I was like three or four years of age, and I'm so grateful for that. So for me to give to this church, it's really not hard to do for several reasons. One, I mean, I've been giving long enough to know that God always provides when we give. So I don't worry about money whenever I'm obeying God because, listen, I have never missed a penny of what I've given. I've never sat back and said, wow, if I hadn't given this, then I could have done this. Or if I hadn't done this for the church, then I would have done this. So it's, it's been just part of my path, and I've seen how God has just blessed that so generously. But it's also easy for me to give to this church because of what I've gotten in return. 
Like, like forget how much I love this church and love all of you at all of our churches as the pastor of this church. And I do. I love you deeply. And it's why I'm really passionate about what we're talking about and Be Rich this year. Because I just pray that your heart will be gripped as my heart has been gripped over the years. But here's why it's just been so easy for me to give to this church. I, I got to raise my children in a church that they loved. In a church... Um, that my children couldn't wait to come to every week. In fact, um, man, the difference those of you make who volunteer every week in our family ministry, all of you that serve on our family ministry dream team, man, the difference that you make in kids' lives and the difference those of you that served in that when my kids were growing up, the difference that you made in my kids' life and my family's life, it is invaluable. In fact, my son, he's killed me for saying this, but um, he's 26 years old and he's in med school and he called me up earlier this week and said, Dad, you going to the game? And I'm like, you going to the game? <laughs> he's at FSU. And so he's like, yeah, I just want to know if you want to go with me, if you go with me. And I'm like, yeah, I'll go with you, son. He goes, well, I just want to hang out with you. Do you know why my son wanted, hang on just a second for your clap. You don't need to applaud me. You didn't need, listen, you know why my son wanted to hang out with me? Because from the time I was 13 till my son was about 19 or 20, I was an idiot in his mind. And he didn't want to really hang out with me. He was okay with me, but he didn't really want to hang out with me. But there were some people in the family ministry area that got my son through that era. And they became his friend, and they became that persons that were investing in his life. And do you realize that there are so many people doing that for your children right now on all of our campuses, and they're doing that in our student ministry? And it makes a difference. It absolutely, applaud the dream team. Absolutely applaud them in family ministry. It makes a huge difference. So here's the thing. You don't have to twist my arm to give here. And I feel like the least I can do is to give in return for all that our family received from this church of the ministry of the people in this church. See, here's what I know. I think this is true of all of us. When it comes to giving, we give oftentimes, we don't have a problem giving when we benefit. See, oftentimes we give because it makes us feel good. It's, it's a benefit, so we give. For, for some of us, it's a benefit because giving helps offset our tax liability, so we give. For, for some of us, it just, it's a benefit because we see some kind of progress, and so we give. We go, if I give to this, then it's going to create progress. Or sometimes it is giving, you, you feel like that your giving helps fix a problem, and so it changes the life, and what you do is you go, man, that's a benefit, so I'm going to give. See, oftentimes what happens, we give because we benefit. That often is what drives our giving. Now, now, don't misunderstand. We're not saying that's a bad reason to give. But here's what's interesting. Giving this way, what it does, it creates this interesting dynamic in our life that we often see in our lives and also in our culture. And what it does is it's, it kind of sets up this mindset that if I can't fix it, 
If I can't solve the problem, then I don't really want to be generous or compassionate. Like, if I'm not sure it's going to make a big enough difference, like, I don't know that I'm really going to be generous. And if, and if somebody doesn't say thank you to me, then I'm not interested in giving. In other words, in our culture, most people, they are moved to give by praise or the promise of progress. Every one of us are that way. And again, those are not bad reasons to give, but Jesus, he invites us to a much deeper kind of giving. It's the kind of giving that only followers of Jesus practice. It's the kind of giving that moves beyond helping those in our culture to what I dreamed about as a kid, laying in my bed before I would take that little bank, that little World Globe Bank with many other children in our church and set it up on the stage and dream about changing our world and changing our community. It's why I'm so passionate about just practicing radical generosity in our communities and letting everybody know that we are for them and that God is for them by the way that we radically are generous toward them. So to kind of help us wrap around our minds around this whole idea of radical generosity the way Jesus calls us to, and, and I'm going to tell you what Jesus calls us to is so very counterculture. It's, it's very counterintuitive. It's not natural. In fact, look at what Jesus says to us about how we should be generous. He says, but to you who are listening, and that's all of us, right? Because none of you ever check out when I'm preaching. You're always tuned in, right? So, but to all you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Now, here's the question that some of you are going to be asking right now. Like, what does loving your enemies have to do with giving? Well, here's part of it. It's so easy to think, I'll love my enemies, but I won't like them, and I sure am not going to give anything to them. You know, because here's what will happen. If I give anything to my enemies, they're just going to, like, use it against me. But Jesus says, no, no, no. Radical generosity is more than giving just so that I benefit. It's giving so that others, including your enemies, can experience what God wants for them. And here's the thing, none of that can happen unless you're willing to give your enemies what they do not deserve. Because here's the reality, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving, can you? You just can't do it. Like those two just go hand in hand. Now, when, when you hear the words of Jesus say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who mistreat you, I mean, that just sounds so extreme, doesn't it? I mean, it sounds so unrealistic. It sounds so impractical. But remember this, Jesus is inviting us into a new and a deeper motivation to give generously to people. And so he continues on by giving us some examples of how to do this. He says, listen, if somebody slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If somebody takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. And then Jesus says this, give to everyone. Don't miss that line there. I'll never forget when that gripped my heart as I was reading years ago. He says, give to everyone. You see, 
as, as Christ followers, oftentimes we want to use the definition of what a good steward is. Well, I'm just not going to give to everyone because that wouldn't be good stewardship. And Jesus goes, no, in the kingdom of God, good stewardship is this. You give to everyone who asks. And if anyone who takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. And many of us who kind of have like accounting kind of minds and, and we're fixers, we read all this stuff and we think, man, if I just gave the way that Jesus calls me to give right here, that would both be irrational and that would be irresponsible. It would be irrational because who treats their enemies this way? Because if I treat my enemies this way, they're just going to continue to run over me. And it is totally irresponsible because they would totally take advantage of the situation. Like I would be giving to somebody who does not deserve it. It would not change them. It would not grow them. And there would be no progress because of my giving. So Jesus knowing that we would have this kind of pushback on this new paradigm for giving. Jesus begins to build a case for why followers, as followers of Jesus Christ, it really matters that we are radically generous. And then he invites us to give for a new and a completely different reason that he says, listen, when you give this way, it makes generosity shine in our culture brighter than you can ever imagine. And it changes lives and it draws people to Jesus Christ. And to explain that, he starts with a very familiar statement that his audience had heard and many of you have heard. And here's what he says. He says, do to others as you would have them do to you. And many of us, we're familiar with this, the golden rule, do to others as you would have others do to you. But here's the thing, Jesus isn't going to stop here. But this is where most of us stop. Jesus says, no, no, no. This may be where you start, but this is not the standard. He says, think about how you would want them to treat you if you were in their shoes. And he says, and I want you to do that. I want you to do that. This is the starting point. But Jesus, as he did in almost every conversation that he did when he was teaching, and when you read the words of Jesus, always look for this. Jesus always raises a standard. Jesus always raises a bar. In fact, what he does next is a completely step further. I mean, it's, it's a giant leap, and he tells us to take it. He says, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do for others as God has done for you. I want you to give to others as God has given to you. In fact, listen to these next few verses. He says this. He says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. He goes, listen, the, the, the golden rule is just a starting point. In other words, here's the thing. We all tend to give because of the credit or the reward or the progress that we see from giving. Like we give because there is some benefit that we see in some way. And here's the thing. You got to understand what Jesus is saying. He's saying, and that's not wrong. But it's just not remarkable. That's not wrong, but it's not just, it's not transformational. See, like there's just nothing extraordinary about seeing someone in our culture give because of the progress or the change or that the benefit that they can receive from it. Jesus goes, even sinners or people who don't follow God do that. He's saying, I'm calling you to something that's remarkable. Some, something that's transformational. In fact, he goes on in verse 33 and he says, and if you do good to those who are good to you, 
What credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And he goes on. He goes, and if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. And so he says, listen, if you are generous for the reason most people are generous, and if you choose to love people that most people choose to love, he's going, it's not wrong. But if you are generous for the reason that everybody else is generous, it's not bad. It's just not remarkable. It's, not ju- it's just not transformational. And he's going, and by the way, you have yet to discover what it means to be generous and to give the way your heavenly father has given to you. In fact, Jesus goes on to say, our generosity, it should look like this. Notice what he says. He says, but I want you to love your enemies. I want you to do good to them. And I want you to lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Now, let me just pause right here because this is so important. See, the reason our generosity, our personal generosity oftentimes has limits is because we give expecting something back. Oftentimes when we give, we we expect gratitude. We expect progress. We expect change. We expect appreciation. We expect praise. Like we expect something in return. And then if we don't get what we expect or get what we think we should in return, we go, oh, I'm not giving to those people again. They don't deserve my generosity. Like why would I give to them if they're not going to be grateful? Like why give to them if they don't deserve it, if they don't live up to it? Like why give to them if they just take advantage of my generosity? Like, get, why would I give to them if they so, show no heart for change? And then they wouldn't even give to us if they had the opportunity. But Jesus says, no, no, no. That's not what should drive the generosity of a follower of Jesus Christ. Like, this call right here of Jesus is a call to a different kind of generous lifestyle with a different kind of motivation. See, Jesus said, like, we should demonstrate radical generosity to the people who least deserve it or expect it from us, and even to people who actually oppose us. And then he gives us several reasons. He says, then, if you give this way, here's what he says. Then your reward will be great. And you're going, wait just a minute. If I give to people who can't give anything back or refuse to give anything back to me, who who don't appreciate it, who have no gratitude, there's no reward in that. Like, that's, that's why I don't want to give to those people. Like, where is the reward coming from? And Jesus goes on to say, hey, this reward, it's coming from your heavenly Father. In other words, like your generosity, when you take your generosity to a new level, you stop looking around from any reward, from any of the recipients of your gift, and you start looking to God for your reward. And according to Jesus... God promises to reward you and reward you greatly when you give with that kind of radical generosity. And he's even basically saying, and it's okay to look to him and count on that reward. Now, that's just one reason. 
that you should consider this. But there's a second reason that Jesus says. He says, not only then will your reward be great, he goes, and you will be children of the Most High. Now, don't misunderstand this. Jesus is not teaching that you become part of God's family by being generous this way. No, what he is teaching is that you most resemble your heavenly father when you give this way. In other words, like when people in our culture, when they see you give to those that are your enemies, those people that hate you, those people that don't deserve it, when people in our culture see, they see you give that way, they see God's DNA in you. They see his resemblance in your life when you learn to give this way. See, Jesus is saying, listen, it is this kind of generosity that captures the attention of our culture. It's this kind of generosity that causes people to sit up and notice and say, wait just a minute. Like, why are these Christ followers doing that? Like, why would they give to these people who wouldn't even give to them? Like, why are they being generous to people who believe nothing like them? And you may be sitting there thinking the same thing. Like, why would I do that? Like, why would I ever do that? What Jesus is about to tell us, and I'm telling you folks, once this grips your heart, the way that this has gripped my heart over the years, I promise you, your giving, it will never be the same. L listen to what he says in the last part of verse 35. He says, when you give with radical generosity, then your reward will be great. And you will be children of the Most High because he, referring to God, is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. And I'll never forget when I began to understand that he was talking about me. And so let me just ask you a question. Have you ever been ungrateful, ungrateful to God? Any of you at all, any of our churches? Have you ever been ungrateful to God? And I'll go ahead and answer that for all of us, including myself. The answer is Yes. And did God stop being generous to you because you were ungrateful? And the answer is no. Like you have been the recipient of radical generosity from your heavenly father, even in times when you were ungrateful for his gift of grace and forgiveness and kindness and, and resourcing you through life. Let me ask you even one more question. Have you ever been wicked toward God? And I'll answer that for all of us. Yeah. And some of us have been professional at it, right? And did God stop being generous with you in the middle of your rebellion toward him? And the answer is no. It's like when, when you were in rebellion toward him, he, he longed for you more. He came after you with more grace, just pouring out his grace and his forgiveness. He was radically generous toward you. So the question is, like, why should I love my enemies? Why, why should I do good to people who wouldn't do good to me? Like, why should I radically give to people who may not be grateful that I give or even desire to change or make any kind of progress? Here's why. Because when I give to them, I am being like my heavenly father. When I give to them with radical, grace-filled generosity, I am being like my heavenly dad who was so gracious and so generously gave to me. Listen, 
when you get this last line, because he's kind to the ungrateful and the wicked, you begin to realize everybody you don't want to be generous with, you have a whole lot more in common than you want to admit. So my generosity as a follower of Jesus Christ should not just be driven by progress or benefit or results that I can see. It should be driven by God's radical grace and forgiveness and generosity toward me. And then Jesus gives us a simple application and it's for every one of us. Notice verse 36, be merciful. And if you're a Christ follower, this is you. If you're not, it's not, doesn't apply to you. He says, be merciful just as your heavenly dad is merciful. So what does this look like as our churches try to live out being like our heavenly dad. As we try to unleash this radical generosity by giving and serving and loving in this season. Here's what I believe it means. You might want to write this down. And that is this. We need to be rich toward others in the name of Jesus because of the grace of Jesus. Like, we need to think like this as we're moving in the season. Like, I'm going to give, and I'm going to give generously of my time, of my talent, my treasure. I'm going to be generous in love, in serving, in giving. And it's not because of what I can get from it, but it's because of what I've already gotten. It's because of Jesus Christ that he gave his life for me when he hung on that cross. And he didn't just die for people who would be grateful. He died for the grateful and the ungrateful. He didn't just die for the righteous. He died for the wicked and the ungodly. He didn't just die to make salvation available to people who would one day choose to trust and follow him. He died to make salvation available to people who would never, ever follow him and would be opposed to him. He died not looking to us for his reward, but looking to his heavenly father for his reward. So while some Christians think that what's happening in our world today and in America is terrible, they think it couldn't get worse. The teachings of Jesus lead us to exact opposite kind of view. Like what we're experiencing isn't a problem when it comes to being a follower of Jesus. It's an amazing opportunity. In fact, this is the way we've expressed this in the past. This is the world we have been called to serve and we have an extraordinary opportunity to show them God is for them. Like we have this incredible opportunity to share with people the same grace, the same love, the same forgiveness that we've received ourselves from God. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna give what God has given to us to others the way that God has given us. Like, here's the way that we feel like we should give as a church. Like, we should give to people who have done what we think is wrong. We should give to people who don't like us as Christ followers and and are not for us. We should give to people who disagree with us and even mock how and what we believe. Like, we should give to people who don't just disobey God, but also deny his existence. Like, we should give to people who feel entitled and are gonna be ungrateful for what we have done for them. And we do that. We do that because our heavenly father is kind and generous 
to all the ungrateful and the wicked, and that includes all of us. I'm not going to have you raise your hands, but how many of you complained this week? See, anytime you complain, you're not just complaining against your circumstances, you're complaining against the God who's provided you everything richly for your enjoyment. And we're going to continue to help kids in our counties who are neglected and abused and abandoned. I mean, I'm just telling you folks, it's so heartbreaking to discover what some of the kids deal with in the different communities that we, live, that we minister in. Like no child deserves to be abused. No child deserves to just be neglected. I mean, every child deserves to know they're loved by God and, and by an adult. And we want to continue to help with that. And we're going to continue to pro provide resources for single moms and moms-to-be. And here's why. Because here's what we know about all of you at all of our churches. You care about the people in your communities. You absolutely do. You've shown it over and over. So today, we're going to kind of let you in on the action and, and let us all authenticate our faith by our deeds. And, and we're going to show people we care by being generous with our money. So here's our goal. Our goal is 100% participation. Like we don't have a dollar goal. We just have this goal that everybody at all of our churches is going to participate. Now, what you give is going to be to it between you and God. And, and some of you are going, I thought we already took up the offering. Yeah, we took up the offering. Now we're going to take up the offering. Because see, here's kind of what we're doing. We're challenging everybody to be rich toward the people in our community. And this is what we're challenging all of you to give. We're challenging you to give $39.95. And you may ask why. Why $39.95? Because that's about the average price of a Christmas gift you would give to your mother-in-law. Now, now here's the thing. We didn't use the price of the Christmas gift you'd give to your father-in-law because it would be $3.95. And now it works? No, no. The reason we said $39.95 is because that's about the average price of a Christmas gift that somebody gives out just kind of in a general kind of way. So think of this as a Christmas gift for somebody you don't know, just to show them that you are for them and that God is for them. So here's how this is going to work. In just a moment, I'm going to pray for us. And then one of our pastors is going to come up on each of our campuses. And they're going to talk to you about how your campus is going to give back to your local community. And then after they do that, um, they're going to pray and the band's going to come back. And they're going to sing like one final song. And then during this song, we're going to start this wave of generosity that is going to start changing lives throughout our, our communities. Now, during this song, what's going to happen is our ushers from our guest services team, they're going to come back and they're going to pass buckets down your road. So if you want to give cash or if you want to give check, you can just drop that in the bucket, $39.95. For some of you, it'll be $3.95% because that's all that you can give, and that's okay. Others of you, it might be $10. Some may be $20. But whatever you can give. For some of you, God is saying to you, it's not $39.95, it's $399.95. Others of you, it's $3,999.95. Like whatever God is putting on your heart to radically give back to our communities. Now, if you don't have cash or you don't have check, we have an option for you. It's like you can give through our app or you could go to rivertown.cc and you can give on your phone or you can text BRICH2019 to 7797 and you can give that way. Or if you want, whenever we're dismissed, you can give at the tables in the lobbies or the giving kiosks they'll have in the lobbies at your campus and you can swipe a card there to make a gift. Now, here's the thing. 
Will this fix all the problems in our communities? No, but that's not why we do it. We may not be able to change the whole world with this gift, but we can change some people's world with this gift. And we can be reminded that this is the lifestyle that we as followers of Jesus Christ are called to live every single day of our life. And when we do this, believing in the name of Jesus, I'm telling you, Jesus is going to do amazing, amazing things. And we do this because not of the progress, not of the benefit, but because of the grace of Jesus Christ in our lives. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this incredible opportunity to be rich. God, to, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous, and to be willing to share. And I just pray right now, Heavenly Father, that you will come and that you will just grip all of our hearts and you'll remind every one of us that you have been generous to the ungrateful and the wicked, and that's every one of us. And God, I just ask right now that through the power of your Holy Spirit, you will come and do in our lives what we are incapable on our own to do, and that you, you will leave, lead us to a new level of living. And God, we will never use the excuse again that, well, I'm not giving to that group of people because they don't deserve it, and that would be poor stewardship. Help us, God, to live the Jesus level. And when your Holy Spirit prompts and, and when you speak deep into our hearts, um, God, help us to listen and be generous. Help us to be rich as we give, as we serve, and as we love. In Jesus' name, we give thanks. Amen.